Hey beautiful, welcome to Unapologetic at 50. I am your host, Sharon Fields. This is an uncapped community discussing real life issues. In your 50s, you have the right to say, I have no time for games. Never regret in the past or apologizing for wanting a better future. Join me and special guests as we discuss topics and provide tools to navigate our midlife challenges. Today's episode is sponsored by Kendra. Kendra is a modern wellness company that makes estrogen-free menopause essentials. Their line of products include daily supplements to help with focus, sleep, and a daily vaginal lotion that dramatically relieves our most intimate skin. All are designed to target and relieve the most disruptive symptoms of your menopause journey, including hot flashes, brain fog, mood swings, and more. If you're not sure what products are right for you, Kendra has a five-minute quiz that offers personalized solutions based on your top concerns. I did it. Now I know what products are best for me. Go ahead. Take the quiz. It's time we start talking about the change. Head over to OurKendra.com and learn how you can start your own couch conversations with other women. Use code UNAPOLOGETIC20 to get 20% off your order. Use the code UNAPOLOGETIC20 to get 20% off of your order. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unapologetic at 50. You know I appreciate you, right? I thank you for listening. I thank you for sharing. I thank you for subscribing and for all of your comments. I hope as well as I know that this episode is definitely going to change the way that you think about things, change the way that you live your everyday life, give you the tools that are necessary uh, to feel free, to have peace, to move forward in the things that you would like to encounter, to achieve in life. It takes you one step closer to where it is that you want to be. So again, thank you for listening. Today, I have a special guest with us, and I am looking so forward to her providing her tools and her techniques and just taking us on a journey of the type of, I'm saying coaching, but maybe she has a different term for it. Maybe it's instruction. I really don't know, but I'll give her the opportunity to explain that to us. She has 20 years, if not more, experience as a yoga and a meditation instructor. I had the opportunity just now before our actual interview to do some meditation. And I have to tell you, I feel so much better. I'll give you an example. She was guiding me through and I can hear cars that are in my development. I can hear them going by. And as she's going through these guided breathing techniques, as I inhaled and exhaled, it started, the sound was getting lesser and lesser to the point 
that I knew that the cars were there, but the sound wasn't as loud. It allowed me to rest in a place that I was in to clearly be able to focus on the guided meditation as well as my breathing. And I have to tell you, it is awesome. I'm already talking about meditation. So I'm looking forward to additional tips that she would be able to give us and also talk to us about yoga. Now, I've talked about this in the past in reference to breathing and moving, but she's going to be able to get more detailed information why both of these are so important for us to be the best versions of us. And I think that's what we're all looking for, no matter what age you are or where you're located in the world. Without further ado, I am going to bring in Heather Ivany. Hi, Heather. How are you today? I'm beautiful, Sharon. How are you feeling in this moment? Oh, I am feeling wonderful after that guided <laughs> meditation. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> you. That's awesome to hear. Doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to just shift the mood, to shift the sensations in the body. Hey, you are absolutely right. And I think the first thing is knowing how to do that. Because when you talk about meditation or energy, I think a lot of people have the wrong idea. So I'm glad that you're on today that you can explain the process, what it actually means. I'm going to give you a few minutes to. Tell us about you. Tell us about what you do and your journey. Yeah, like you mentioned, I have been teaching yoga for over 20, 25 years almost, I think now. Predominantly, it was in the form of teaching yoga classes and then teacher trainings in the workshop. And then in the last, I'd say, 10 years, I've just been slowly kind of zooming the lens in and choosing to go a little bit deeper with individuals. So I've added the meditation component. I haven't stopped teaching yoga classes. I, I teach one biweekly class called Ancient Prayer. It's a two-hour practice. It's a registered series that people can sign up for either online or in person. And the intention of that is just to offer more than an hour experience of connecting to self. So it's for people that really want to start to tunnel in and get a little bit deeper and more intimate with the relationship to themselves, maybe their relationship to consciousness and possibly even relationships to family members and coworkers, just all relationships. And my primary focus of my business right now is supporting people in a four month long mentorship program. And I love how you're questioning, like, do we call it teaching or coaching or counseling or, you know, there's so many buzzwords that we use to describe this. And Honestly, I believe that when we meet with a teacher who is a master in the craft that they do, it really is all the same thing. There's moments when I'm coaching, there's moments when I'm mentoring, there's moments when I'm teaching. And when we're in health, they're all the same thing. I don't mind what you want to refer to it as. If you prefer to say coaching over mentorship, that's fine. If you want to say teacher over instructing, that's fine. That's not super important with me to get really delineated on a specific term that we use. That's the main focus of what I'm doing right now, Sharon, is, is four-month-long mentorship programs, guiding people to be spiritually sovereign within themselves. Wow, that is awesome. And what I got from what you were saying is yoga is more than just 
stretching or different forms. Like you said, connecting relationships, you talk about relationships and things of that nature. So it's the combination of movement as well as energy and self-work. Is that correct? Yeah. And depending on the individual, like there are many people come to a yoga class specifically because they're looking for a physical shift in their body. And that's fine. That's totally. And there are many teachers out there that will only speak and teach to the physical body. There are many teachers that's when they teach more to the spiritual or energy body. And it's very far reaching and hard to comprehend for someone who hasn't played in that field before. What I understand to be true is that if you want to create trust with someone, you create trust with the physical body first. And then if there's an invitation to go deeper with with that individual, you explore that together. But most people want to start off feeling physically safe in their body before they want to be opening up their emotional channels, their energetic channels, and their spiritual channels. Okay. All right. So it just depends on what the person is actually looking for and what type of yoga, right? Because there's many different types. Like you do something that's called, is it pronounced Nidra or Nidra? Oh, that's yoga Nidra. So that is completely different than going to a physical practice. So that is a practice of yoga where you're actually lying down on your back and it's a guided relaxation, either an audio relaxation through headphones, or you can attend a class where a teacher will lead you through a guided relaxation from the front of the room. But that practice is done in a sleep position. You're doing your best not to sleep, but you're being moved into the deepest layers of relaxation without actually falling asleep. And you're slowly unfolding different layers of the body through that experience. You're going to build strength. The yoga nidra class is is not the option for you. But you're right. There's a lot of different styles of yoga out there. There's a lot of different flavors with teachers. Even if anyone listening, even if you've had an experience where you've attended a yoga class and you've sort of come away feeling like, "Mm, that's not really for me. I do encourage you to try again to play with different teachers. You want to find a teacher that's a good fit for you. Someone that speaks your language or even pushes your growing edge just enough that makes you want to come back rather than making you feel disempowered and not wanting to come back. But someone who will push that growth edge of yours just a little bit that makes you want to come back and be a little bit hungry for more. And then on top of that, you also want to find the style of yoga that's a good fit for you. Restorative yoga is going to be very relaxing. Flow or strength yoga is going to be very muscle building. A hatha yoga practice is can be soft and it can be intense. So that's kind of a challenging one to, to know what type of class you're going to be stepping into. And then you have obviously all of your hot practices, like your moksha and your bikram. Those are going to be all hot heated classes. And if anyone's over 50, that can be really challenging, especially with hot flashes. Those mm-hmm. type of practices. <laughs> yeah. You don't need any more heat, right? You're trying to cool the temperature down. You're trying to calm the air a bit. I have had an experience with yoga and I signed up for a yoga class. It did not explain like the different types of yoga that you're talking about or whatever today. And I took the class, but it was way advanced for me Mm -hmm. because I can, I laughed at it afterwards. But when I thought about it, I was like, you could have really got hurt 
in this class. And the reason that I say that is because some of the things that they were doing were way advanced for me in reference to form, position and stuff. So that particular one was what you just mentioned in reference to, I guess, the muscle and body work. After I took the class, I was literally in pain for three days. And I do suffer from fibromyalgia and I have issue with three bulging discs, cervical discs. I think that I jumped in where I shouldn't have. I should have taken it gradually, taken a beginner's class, learned more about it, and had the opportunity to maybe work with an instructor that didn't have such a large class. Because I think that makes a difference also when you're working with someone or actually going to actual location to participate in a yoga class, have someone that you can talk to and maybe explain to them what are the issues that you already have and what it is that you are looking for. Does that sound about right? Am I going Yeah, right? you're touching on a really important point. We don't get in a car and start driving without taking driver training first, right? When we're learning something new and we want to have a foundation to whatever it is that we're starting, we work with an instructor. If we're going to learn how to downhill ski, we're going to work with an instructor that's going to teach us how to downhill ski. We're not going to take a chair to the top of the mountain and then just hope to figure it out as we go down the mountain. So the same is true with your yoga practice. If you're brand new and never, ever tried yoga before, I do highly recommend investing in a beginner series where they will teach you the foundations and the principles of the postures. A good teacher will also spend some time explaining the different styles of yoga so that when the beginner series is complete, you know where to be directing yourself to next. And they will also potentially go into the beginning stages of breathing techniques and how to blend your breath with your body through the movement so that it feels like you're attuning your body, you're creating a harmony in your body. And then for someone like yourself, Sharon, if you have pre-existing medical conditions and physical challenges in your body, then I would even go a step beyond a beginner series and I would hire maybe three to five sessions with a private teacher mm -hmm. so that you're learning the basics of the practice, but you're also being shown how to adjust the poses for your back, how to adjust the poses so that you are maintaining a safety when you move into a public class. And so that's where it's really beautiful to invest a little bit of money and take the time to either register for a beginner series or start with a private teacher and get a really good foundation going. And then you slowly start to spread your wings and branch out a little bit in different ways. That's good. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. It's just that I didn't know. It was yeah. something that was being offered at the gym that I was going to at that time. And you hear people saying, oh yeah, I'm going to start practicing yoga or I've been taking yoga class or yoga has really helped me, but it wasn't explained the way that you are explaining it now. That is also another purpose of this podcast, things that I have been through or experienced to help people so they don't have to repeat some of the things that I did. Let me just throw a little bit of behind the scenes that most people don't know when they're taking classes. This is also really helpful for your listeners. Gyms and yoga studios, oftentimes they are running on a certain budget in that they can't separate their classes to be able to offer a level one, a level two, and a level three. They have these one size fits all 
class mm-hmm. that you come into. And if you are diving into a class like that, you do want to be looking at how many people are in the room, because if you have one instructor with 30 participants, you know that you're not going to get very much one-on-one attention. Second to that, this is an interesting piece, just as a yoga, having done this for so long, the hardest classes to teach are ones that are multi-leveled and full of beginners. And oftentimes we think the hardest classes to teach are the ones that offer, today we're going to put our head around we're going to put our leg around our head and we're going to hop on one foot, and we're going to, you know, all these things. And we think that those are like the really hard classes to teach. When someone is at that level of yoga, all is your focus. The ability to get someone into a more advanced pose is actually much easier than teaching someone who's right. brand. Makes so sense. if you are brand new and you're taking a beginner class, it's worthwhile asking how long has the teacher been teaching? If she's fresh mm-hmm. out of the teacher training and she's teaching a beginner class, There's not a lot of experience behind her belt to be able to know on the spot how to adapt and adjust the person in front of her or him to the shape that you're trying to put them in. That comes from years of teaching and being able to watch many different body types and being knowing and knowing how to adjust and accommodate for the the different shapes, sizes, and levels in the room. And then in a multi-leveled class, It takes a very skilled teacher to be staying in flow with sort of melody of the practice, especially if it's like a flow class where you're kind of slowly moving from one form to another in a fluid manner and being able to call out and say, if you're a beginner, here's where you are. If you can move with me, this is the next phase. And if you're advanced, this is where you might be coming in this pose. So to be able to keep the flow of the practice and being able to instruct or coach or teach to the multi-levels in the classroom, that's a high skill set. That's not an easy thing to do. So you also want to be looking at, okay, if this is a full class, multi-leveled, how experienced is the teacher here? Thank you so much for that information. Now, I always tell a little story and I have had a lot of little funny things that have happened in life. So I'm going to share this one. In that class, Heather, I knew when I got there, that it wasn't for me. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and try this. Because first of all, I couldn't even get on the mat right. My feet was hanging all off the mat. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not positioned the same way that everybody else is positioned. That was the first thing. Like you said, it was a larger size class. The instructor didn't have the opportunity to come over and assist. So I was just trying to jump in where I could fit in. And then there was a lot of poses. Heather, I done said out loud. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, my body don't even go like that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I had to wait that one, girlfriend. <laughs> That's great. And I think you're speaking to a deeper conversation. I find women, especially, I will say, yeah, women, especially, we tolerate and suffer to please others. Like the part of you that wanted to leave the room before it got started, that intuitive hit that you had that maybe you're in over your head, she was so buried down beneath that the part of you that was on the surface was willing to, you didn't want to offend the teacher. You didn't want to walk out of class. You didn't want people to think less of you because you were leaving all of these pieces that we choose to just sit and tolerate when really this is the beauty of your podcast is unapologetic over 50 for you to just stand up and be like, 
listen, I'm in over my head. I'm going to go back out and see if there's another class that I can explore. Like how empowering would that have been in that moment, right? And I love that you brought that to the surface and just, we all do this. This isn't like a, a shaming Sharon in this moment, but let's look at the way that we as women choose to tolerate in order to keep the peace. Wow, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. We should be doing that in all areas of our lives because you're right that your intuition, your spirit, all of that discernment, it'll let you know. But a lot of times we choose to just go with it for because of those things that you just said. We don't want to walk out. We don't want it to seem like we weren't committed or that we will feel defeated if we didn't start or we didn't complete it. You know what I mean? We have to start listening to our bodies and what spirit has given us. So I agree with that 100%. And thank you for saying that because I would have never connected to that part. Well, and that's the piece, that's the underlying piece of like, how does that part of you get heard, right? Because she's so underneath other layers. This is where the practice of quiet contemplation and meditation starts to become a real ambassador for ourselves and just allowing ourselves to build relationship with quiet so that we can hear the quiet even amongst the noise. Because that was a very internally noisy situation that you're in so it's really hard to hear those quiet parts of you that want to be heard because the noisy parts of you are very loud and that's super common and what you're sharing is a natural occurrence that happens all the time and do we want to continue or do we want to start to explore these intimate parts of ourselves more fully Absolutely. We need to explore. Yeah. The podcast is unapologetic at 50. And I always say, talk about movement, talk about stretching. And that's the part of yoga that I would like to talk about for a few minutes. We get to a certain age and we are complacent. We're just sitting, especially now with COVID. Because when you were working, you got up, you went down your stairs, out your door, you stepped up to get in your car. There was movement that was happening that you weren't even conscious of because it was a part of your daily routine. Now that you're home, the majority of us have created a space within our home that you walk from your bed to wherever that location is, and that's your day. Because we're in a cold season. We're in our winter season here in New Jersey. It's like, I'm not going outside if I don't have to. And I'm not going outside because of everything that is going on with the different strains of COVID. So now again, there's really no movement. What would you say in reference to that? Because I think in order for us to be healthy physically, as well as mentally and emotionally, we need to move more. There needs to be some lengthening and usage of your muscles and your body. Do you agree with that? Yeah, that's easily tested through movement, right? So when you move your body and you start to explore different strength exercises, different flexibility exercises, and you start to see the results of that over the long term, it, you can start to really see the benefits, right? Whether it's something as simple as wanting to be able to, to carry your grandchild or the groceries or wanting to be able to maybe go for a hike on a Sunday afternoon. 
the parts of our body that start to lose or deteriorate as we start to mature are the side edges of the body. So even those of us that are physical movers, oftentimes our physical movement is forward or backwards. So we're walkers, we're runners, we're bikers, we're swimmers. These are all movements that get us moving on one plane of movement. One of the beautiful practices that yoga incorporates is that you're going to be moving your body in all directions. And that doesn't have to be intense in order to be effective. You can be doing, if you're limited mobility, there's chair yoga practices where you're sitting in a chair and you're doing a spinal twist with the support of the back side of the chair, the, the part of the chair that you would lean your back up against. Supported spinal twists in chair. So even if you are finding yourself on Zoom doing a lot of online work at home, you can take micro pauses during the day and offer movement for your body. So even sitting in a chair, twisting side to side is an easy way to do that. You can stand up and, and put your hands on the desk and walk your legs out till you're in a bit of like an L position with the back flat with the desk and the hands outstretched. And you're lengthening the whole back line of your body in that moment. So very simple chair exercises for those with limited range of motion that are trying to slowly build a bit of a consistency. I would start there. If you're at home and you know that you want to be moving, a really good question to ask is, am I an independent learner? Meaning, are you self-disciplined enough to be able to go online and follow a class for 30 to 40 minutes a day and keep the consistency, whatever it is, three to five times a week. If you know that you're an independent learner, then that's going to work really well for you. If you know you're not an independent learner, that's not a shameful recognition. It's an acknowledgement that this is actually not my learning style. My learning style is to be held lovingly accountable, either through a teacher in front of me or a partner beside me. In which case, you may want to align with someone that you are friends with and the two of you do a session together, or you hire together someone who comes in through Zoom and takes you through a guided class that's a good fit for your body. There's lots of ways that you can make the practice of being at home, one in which you are creating a consistency with by finding ways to hold yourself accountable. So it's either through a friend, through a teacher, some people put an alert on their phone and this is the time that they're stopping what they're doing and they're taking a five minute mm -hmm. pause. Look for consistency over intensity. So oftentimes we'll go, it's like, this is what I'm going to do, especially in the new year. Like I've got this resolution. This is what I'm doing. It's my new thing. And we go really hard, really fast. And then we burn out within a short amount of right. time. So look for like, if you're looking for movement and you know that doing a 45 minute class is going to be a big resistance to you for movement. You're going to possibly look at setting a timer for, for 10 minute increments, three times a day. So when you first wake up in the morning, you got 10 minutes, there's a little pause before or after lunch. And then at the end of the day, and what you're building is a slow consistency with your movement throughout the day. And oftentimes that's more effective than going for a run for an hour and then sitting for the rest of your day. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's great, Heather, because that can also be used in all the other areas of your life. Consistency over intensity, because a lot of times we start things, especially since you mentioned the new year and resolutions that people make, they jump in 100% filled with fire, right? And it's just overwhelming because they didn't think about the fact that 
life didn't stop because you decided to make a resolution and you wanted to make changes. The first thing is that you decided, which is a great thing. I'm not saying anything against that, but creating some type of process that you can truly commit and you could follow it through to your goal. And a lot of times that's not happening because you can't do it consistently because that portion hasn't been created. Yeah. And also like, there's a lot to the practice of yoga. So it's hard to jump into creating a practice when you don't really understand why these poses, why this sync, this sequence or this order, why is the class designed the way that like, why is it when I go to a group class and it finishes, there's this euphoric feeling at the end of it. But then when Mm -hmm. I come home and I roll out my mat and I try and do this on my own, I don't get that euphoric feeling at all. So part of that is just the physics, the sacred geometry of the body that the instructors are are taught to align with. There are certain chapters, if you will, in a yoga class that build from one pose to the next so that it feels like it's easeful rather than incredibly intense. There's a science to it. There's an art form to it. And if someone is trying to create and develop a home practice, and you're brand new to the practice of yoga, and you want it to be creative and spontaneous, I would actually start with dancing. Put on some music. Everyone innately knows how to dance, right? Mm -hmm. So let your body, let your hips swivel, let your arms move, let yourself sway, let yourself move in all the ranges of motion that dance affords you and allows you to do. And then from there, that might be enough to be a practice for you at home. And if you want to be diving more into the quieter tones of yoga, then you start to learn either through a teacher or you just have a program that you follow where you don't have to concentrate on what pose am I doing next? What's the name of it again? How do I put this together? Wow, that is awesome. And we definitely connected with that because I always tell my listeners and those that I'm coaching as well, throw on some music. Even if it's, I don't care if it's 10 minutes, do 10 minutes a day, get some type of movement and do 10 minutes a day, you know, twice a day if you're just starting. Or if you can do 30 minutes or 45 minutes, it's a full body workout. It helps to the movement is freeing. And I think the same thing is happening with yoga. So I do love that you mentioned dancing as well. I dance through commercials if I'm watching Mm -hmm. something on TV, just to keep myself moving. And the fact that I enjoy dancing and I love music. So why not start out with something that you would like to do before you add something that you're not too sure about. So, wow, I'm glad that you really did mention that and all of the information that you have provided in reference to yoga. If we could for a second, can we talk about meditation? Because you're hearing more and more about meditation and I know why. Again, It's the things that are happening in the world. We are overwhelmed. The energy around us is like all over the place, right? And there are still a lot of people that when you say meditation, they go back to some of the things that they saw in movies, like meditation, if you're practicing, is it the right pronunciation, Buddhism? And they don't want to be involved with that because of whatever their religious 
beliefs are. But meditation is more than that. Like with yoga, there's different types of meditation as well, because we just practice guided meditation and there weren't any type of repetitious things that you needed to say or chants or anything of that nature. And then there's also meditation in the Bible because the word says meditate on this, which is meditating on God's word. So I just want to be clear with people, do the research. Don't just listen to or look at things that you see on TV because it's always more than that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. So say, for example, we want to be bringing this into school systems, right? And you have multiple religions that are in school system. The buzzword that we use when we're taking the spirit out of meditation is mindfulness. So you can experience peace and calm in the body and leave spirit out of it. You can leave the mantras out of it, which you're talking about the songing and the singing, the mantras out of it, the chanting, you can keep all of that out of it and still have an experience of peace and calm. So meditation offers us three different legs. We can meditate for peace and calm. We can meditate because we want to be in connection and and conversation with higher consciousness. And we can meditate because we want to manifest. Those are the three primary reasons why we meditate. So what you're speaking to here with someone who interested in creating a little bit more serenity in their life, but they don't want to dive into the spiritual aspect of it or the energy aspect of it, then you're working with breath work. And it's simply breath work. For anyone who is starting out, it is very challenging to flick a switch from the busy and go into the quiet. So a transition Mm -hmm. is going to be very effective for you. What I mean by this is if you're taking a five minute pause, say between clients, between appointments, when you're moving, when you're getting in your car and you're driving from one location to the next, and you want to take a five minute pause before you start the engine. What we need to do first is offer ourselves a transition. We don't go from busy, 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 and then we jump into bed at night and close our eyes and go to sleep. It doesn't work that way. The body needs a transition to be able to shift into the sleep state. The transitions that work really well for me, I love to either play a little music. If you have some soft music on your phone or on your car radio, I love working with essential oils. Citrus oils are very effective for popping us into present moment. So I'll put a few drops of a very high grade citrus oil in my palms. I rub my palms together and I breathe that in and the aromatic anchor of that oil really helps us to shift from the busy into the present moment. And you can just carry an essential oil in your purse and have it on the go. Anything that for some people, it might be just holding a crystal or that might be too far reaching. So holding something from nature, a rock, something that helps Mm -hmm. to bring them from the busy into the calm. Okay. Start with that. Okay. Then what you're leaning into is breath work. Very simple. If you want to be increasing your mood, if you want to be more uplifted, you're going to double the length of your inhale compared to your exhale. So you're going to inhale for a mental count of four and exhale for a mental count of two. And you keep this going for two to three minutes. So you're already on minute four of your pause. And then the very last minute, just allow yourself to release the focused attention on counting the breath. And just notice what happens. You might instantly go into the busy, in which case you bring yourself back to the breath, or you might find yourself almost like internally rebounding into a more expansive or serene space. 
Okay. Stay with me for another moment here, Sharon. If you're leaning into wanting to be more calm, like you're on fire, your energy is scattered and you're feeling like you're almost snippy and it's just too much and you want to bring yourself down. Same technique, start with a transition, aromatic anchor if you can. Then you're going to allow your exhale to be twice as long as your inhale. So you exhale for a count of four and inhale for a count of two. And you monitor this same way, two to three minutes, and then have a one minute nothingness at the end before you finish. And then the third technique, if you're feeling really groovy and you just want to maintain the balanced state that you're feeling, then you equal the breath, inhale for a count of four and exhale for a count of four. And that's just a really simple way to just emotionally regulate, to ask yourself, what am I feeling in this moment and what do I need? Then you adapt the breathing style that is effective for you. And whether you feel it works or not, you give thanks and gratitude for the moment of pause and you carry on with the rest of your afternoon. Wow, that is amazing. And I sat here and I had to take notes because Heather, I'm going to have to use all three. Yeah, we all do. (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. times in life where you're just like, okay, no, I can't take it no more or whatever. So thank you so much for providing this information. I was going to ask you for three steps, but you have given us more than that. I really do appreciate that. And I'm sure that the listeners appreciate that as well. When you were talking about the oils and the music, like that's one of the reasons why massage therapists, they use that technique too. It helps with the actual body work or muscle work, you know, removing tension and things of that nature that they're doing. So it's amazing how they all just coincide. And the fact that you can use something that you do every minute, second, whatever of the day, unconsciously, which is breathe to get you in a better state. It's just amazing. We'd love to overcomplicate things, Sharon, because it helps us feel smart. And the more that we can just tear it right down, the breath is a tool that's always with us. Even the oil might be too complicated for someone. So just visualize smelling a grapefruit, visualize smelling the rind of a lemon, like The mind is very powerful to bring us to the present moment. And so a visual of that experience, you can visualize something that's calming for you. Maybe it's sitting in your grandmother's kitchen and smelling her, her baking bread, whatever it is. Maybe it's listening to the heartbeat of your child when they're falling asleep. Whatever is calming and soothing, you just bring that into your periphery and you allow it to resonate there until you start to feel the body responding, then you start to add the breathing technique. But if it's like, I'm opening the car door, I'm sitting down, I'm doing this and I'm breathing and it's just not working. It's because your mind needs a transition. We need Mm -hmm. to be gentle. We need snacks in the afternoon to transition us into our evening activity. We need transitions during the day and meditation and mindfulness is no different. It requires a transition from the busy to the stillness. And that's for most people, the missing piece is that they have an expectation that as soon as they to move into the experience of mindfulness, that it should happen and it should be right on their fingertips. And it's not, you got to pull it up. You got to draw to the surface. 
Right. And I think that you and I spoke about this as well. Like you hear people talking about meditation and they're saying clear your mind, that your mind needs to go blank. And how do you do that? You're always thinking. There's always things that's there. It's like a little computer up there with all these little boxes and folders and things that you heard. You might not even been a part of that conversation, but you heard it or you saw it, right? How do you shut the mind off completely? It's like you can't stop your heart. If you stop your heart, you're going to die. So how are you expected to do all of that? I don't think, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that that is what they mean by clearing your mind or clearing a space. Because just like what you and I did initially before we even started that I explained with the breathing, you know, I know that that's going on outside, but it gets lesser and lesser. It doesn't mean that I stop thinking because there's no way that I could do that. Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything to add to that. You said it beautifully. Okay, good. (laughs) Great. Listen, Heather, again, I thank you so much for everything that you have provided us with today, taught us. You gave us a lot to think about because I think people didn't know the ins and outs of yoga and meditation, which you did provide today. And if it is something that they are interested in, they do have the opportunity to look into it for it to be a way for them to live their best life, to be Mm -hmm. authentic to who they are. You don't have to do it the way that that person does it. You have to find what is best for you. So now if they wanted to reach out to you, and use one of your programs or whatever it is that you offer, how would they reach you, Heather? Yeah, thanks for asking. The the easiest way to get in contact with me is through my website. So my name, heatherivany.com, H-E-A-T-H-E-R-I-V as in Victor, A-N-Y dot C-O-M. And on my homepage there, I have something called the Spiritual Reset. It's a free seven-day email drip. That just helps to, if you feel like you've lost track or you want to start a bit of a track through the seven day email drip, it just provides you with different facets to work with. It explains a little bit about yoga nidra, explains a little bit about mindfulness. It starts with intention. That's number one for everyone. What is it that you want? What is it that you are wishing to have for yourself? So that intention piece is really important. And then for those of you that are Instagram lovers, my handle is Heather. And then underscore Ivany. And I do live meditations twice a month on Instagram. And that's another free access for me. So I invite you to just have an opportunity to experience a little bit more of me in those two ways. And then if you feel a desire to connect with me, I offer free clarity calls. They're about 30 to 45 minutes where we just get clarity on what it is that you're wanting for yourself why it is that you're blocked. And if I don't feel like I'm a good fit for you, then I will refer you to someone who is. I love clarity calls. I welcome them in. They're a beautiful way to be of service to people who are looking to either grow and expand or or become unstuck. Right. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would like to offer to the listeners of Unapologetic at 50? Oh, that's right. We created a promo code together. So there's on my website, there is under my offerings, there's a title called Inward. It's an online meditation course. So in that you get four audio meditations 
both a shorter version and a longer version. You get 10 video files that are just about 10 minutes each, just answering some of these questions. How do we get the mind to stop? How do we work with resistance? Different things like this. So those video files are also included in that. It's something that you do on your own. So it's a lifetime access. And if you use the promo code UNAPOLOGETIC in capitals, it's 25% off for any of your listeners. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. I appreciate you. I thank you. I just want to let you know that you are a part of the family here at Unapologetic at 50, as well as BeautifulCurves365.com. Heather, if there is any new services or anything else that you would like to share with us, you are more than welcome to come back and be a guest anytime you like. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me to be a part of your platform. I feel like it's opening me up to an audience that I wouldn't have been able to reach without connecting with you, Sharon. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I believe that we're doing that for each other. Mm -hmm. All right now, until we talk again, stay well. Remember to live, love, and laugh more. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Unapologetic at 50. Together, we will learn how to maneuver life's challenges while being our authentic selves without regret. Remember to subscribe to Unapologetic at 50 to be notified of new episodes. Don't be salty with me if you are the last to know. And never apologize for being the best version of you.